Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Welcome to the Rusk Report. Unexpectedly, backed by popular demand, we have a great man here on our program the Sheriff of Erie County, Tim Howard. To me, he's one of my heroes, a great law and order conservative who stands for what America should stand for. I'm so honored to have him with us. And also a man who he recommended to be on this program, Frank Panasuk. He's the president of the 1791 Society PAC, dedicated to preserving Second Amendment rights in New York State. These two fellows are old law and order friends and uh, just to tell you a little bit about the 1791 Society, it's a New York State Political Action Committee registered with the New York State Board of Elections. The mission of the PAC is dedicated to support the Second Amendment of the United States Constitution, contained in the Bill of Rights and ratified on December 15, 1791. The 1791 Society PAC exists solely to promote and protect the Second Amendment rights of the people of the state of New York. So we have a wonderful program today, and I'm so glad that Frank brought in one of uh, my heroes, who is one of the greatest sheriffs we've ever had in Erie County. Let's talk about what you were talking about before the show, Sheriff, about the United States of America being a constitutional republic. Let's talk about that. I'm glad that you said that. I mean, we're hearing from more and more elected officials, I think, trying to fool the people um, into forgetting that we are— a, de- a democratic form of government, but we are a democracy that's controlled by a constitution. So we are a constitutional republic is in truth the form of government um, under which the United States falls. And we, um, again, a, 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 we, we have a rule by the people, um, the majority of the people, but it's within the guidelines of the constitution if the constitution is uh, or becomes outdated it can be amended um, by its design not by a simple majority um i wish i remembered which of our forefathers said it but they actually then said that a democracy is like a pack of wolves meeting with one sheep deciding what it is they're going to have for lunch so we know it's going to be the sheep the the if the uh, again if there's a constitutional Republic controlling that, um, it wouldn't be the sheep. Too many people becoming sheep, by the way. Yeah. Frank, uh, your views on the U.S. being a constitutional republic? Well, we we have been a constitutional republic since day one. We have a constitution that a lot of people want to trash. They, they want to call the constitution a, a living, breathing, changing document. And it was Justice Scalia the late Justice Scalia, who said the Constitution is not a living document. It's a written document that says what it means and means what it says. 
and it's it's not here to be changed. And there are countless people in this country who want to trash the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Let's talk a little bit about what we talked about before the program with the sheriff and the president of the 1791 Society. I'm referring Sheriff Tim Howard and Frank Panishuk. And that's teaching our young people the Bill of Rights. And the sheriff mentioned that now in our schools they teach an abbreviated version of this. Why is it important that, that our young people in high school and college learn the entire Bill of Rights? Well, it, it, it shouldn't be subject to the – we shouldn't be teaching to our next generation someone else's version of what's important within the Bill of Rights. We should be teaching what was written um, by our forefathers. Uh, we, our country went through a, a revolution, very brave men and women that suffered – um, suffered through that, put, putting everything, lives and all of their assets at risk, um, th- at the end of which we g- gained our independence. Um, thereafter, we wrote with, with great tr- turmoil um, a, a constitution followed by um, a Bill of Rights. That is that is the history of our country. Um, that's the guiding documents under which our country should exist. And it, it shouldn't be am- amended, by again, by the opinions of the author of the abridged Bill of Rights, what's important or what's not. I would encourage all parents, um, if your, your child is in school and um, studying the his, the American history, um, to, to look at what it is that they're reading. And if it is not the true Bill of Rights, inquire from your school, why are we teaching an abridged version and not the actual version? Um, Frank Panasek, you are for education for young people learning the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. Why? Absolutely. We have seen uh, examples of school textbooks where the Second Amendment uh, was listed and the explanation in the textbook was uh, this amendment allows for the the army and the police to uh, be armed with firearms. And they are, they are casting this in, in their own version. They're not upholding the spirit of the Second Amendment and telling these kids what it exactly means. They're, they're changing it around to fit their narrative. So we want, we want to see people instructed properly on these amendments to the, the Constitution, and we don't want somebody else's version of it. The, the actual abridged version that was being taught in at least one um, school in Erie County um, identified the Second Amendment as a state right. It, it, mm-hmm. it noted, as the Second Amendment does, that a well-regulated militia being necessary to the, the security of a free state, the state has the right to allow the people to keep and bear arms. And it's not at all what it says. It says the, the, the right of the people to keep and bear arms will not be infringed. Our state constitution um, says it even more strongly, um, but it's being totally ignored. The, 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 the protections of the state constitution under civil rights. The uh, preamble to this Please. statement, a well-regulated militia, uh, there are a lot of people who are anti-gun ownership who state that uh, that's for the militia, that's for the National Guard. That was struck down in the Heller decision a little over 10 years ago, and the decision stated that this is an individual right of the people, and it does not give, it's not there to allow 
the National Guard to possess firearms. This is an actual right of the people. We're learning a great deal from uh, two tremendous patriots who love America, love our laws, love our Constitution and Bill of Rights. I'm referring to Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard and Frank Panasuk. He's the president of the 1791 Society Political Action Committee. I'm so glad the sheriff introduced me to him at the picnic. And so that's how this show all came about a few months ago. A little uh, plug here, ESPN 1520 is streaming. You can listen live by going to our website, ESPN1520.com, and clicking on the radio.com or listen tab. And if you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or northern Florida, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And Western New Yorkers love their traditions, and the Ampol Legal has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores. For home delivery, call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454. To have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. And the sheriff's wife is Polish. <laughs> so we, we're uh, very favorable towards Polish people we, on this program. And we subscribe to the Ample Legal and look, and look forward to okay. reading it. Okay, it's a good paper. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guests, Sergio Forniciero and John Simon, about resurrecting the value of the um, Niagara Falls on the U.S. side. Uh, Colleen Podoreski, who is a cousin of the uh, late Premier, Prime Minister of Poland. Coming up, Michael Blihasz, President of the Polish-American Congress, Philadelphia uh, Division. A little bit more about the 1791 Society. The PAC was formed in April 2018 to support pro-Second Amendment candidates holding or running for office in New York State. In the short time it has been in existence, the PAC has over 350 members and meets monthly in Erie County. Again, we have the president of the 1791 Society PAC, Frank Panaschuk, and also very popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard with us today on the Rusk Report. Why is it important to have this political action committee in New York State? It doesn't seem like there's a lot of respect for Second Amendment rights in this state. Well, historically, the organizations who have uh, promoted Second Amendment rights in New York State have been 501c organizations, nonprofits. And as nonprofits, they were not allowed to engage in political activity. Well, we took a look at it from another angle, and we saw that the people who were passing these laws were politicians. So what good is having a Second Amendment rights organization if we cannot engage in political activity? So we organized as a political action committee, and we can support candidates, we can call them out, we can donate to them, we can advertise, we can make a political difference. And that was the purpose of organizing a Second Amendment rights organization as a political action committee, a PAC. Uh, we don't think it's been done before in New York State, and it, it's it's working very well. Uh, we're, we're getting uh, a lot of notoriety. We're, we're, we're uh, 
backing candidates. We're opposing candidates. We've had we've had good success in the short time that we've been organized. Sheriff, you're the sheriff of Erie County. Why is it important to keep these Second Amendment rights in New York State, where you can buy a gun, keep a gun to protect your family? Many times before, the the person most responsible for your individual protection, your individual safety, is not the police. It's certainly not the government. It, it's you. So you are responsible for yourself. Um, the ability for law enforcement to protect you, to be there um, when you're needed is a function of um, how many resources the government is willing to spend on the police, how many p- police officers are on the road at any given time, um, um, rather not they have automobiles that can that can get to you. Um, where are these police officers assigned? So, um, I've even even as a police officer, I I know that um, should there be a an emergency, uh, an event at my home in which I need um, protection from some outside evil, um, I don't really believe the police can be there soon enough. Um, to prevent or to protect me or my family. Um, And I recognize that I can't be there quick enough. Our police officers can't arrive quick enough to protect the public either. So the public needs to be prepared to protect themselves, and the government shouldn't be disarming the people. Let's talk about these countries that um, have become communist, and the first thing they do is take away the arms of the people so they can control them. If we're talking about Cuba... Russia, North Korea, North Vietnam. What type of life do these people have when they're they're controlled by the government and have no right to bear arms? Well, it's kind of the direction that our country seems to be going. I mean, it's like saying it maybe more so I should say our our state. Um, But but in these countries, it's exactly as you said. The guns, once the guns were gone, um, other rights disappeared. So again, that, that is a uh, an individual personal right that the government now, contrary to the rules under which our government was formed, is stripping from, from the people. So um, I, I, once your rights to keep and bear arms are gone, the other rights will quickly, the loss of the other rights will quickly follow. Frank, your opinion. What, one thing that many people lose sight of is the United States of America was formed at the point of a gun. When the British were oppressing greatly the American colonies, taxing them, uh, quartering troops in their house, all, all the, the, the terrible things that King George did to these people, they fought back, and they used firearms to do it. And once you take a firearm from the people, they are no longer citizens. They are subjects. They have no ability to defend themselves. And in in the in the big picture, in the big scheme of things, yes, it was in it was in the seventeen seventies. It's not all that long ago in, in the big scheme of things. So these these things that happened during the formation of the country could very well happen again. They, they could happen this day, to this day where the citizens need a firearm for self-defense. I think, Frank, you could speak to it better than I, but, but our patriots had a firearm that was actually superior to the British military, and that firearm was actually declared an assault weapon. Um, do, do, 
Well, the 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 American colonists they had a, a cross section of uh, muskets. They were smoothbore sixty nine caliber muskets. They used uh, they also used rifles. Uh, people know them as a Kentucky rifle, and they were they were generally a little smaller caliber. Uh, one thing that the Americans did, and it was it was a, a, a if they were caught with one. They would be executed. They would take one of King George's muskets, and they would take the British markings off and mark them United States or U period States. And if they were caught with a British weapon like that that was so marked, they would be executed for taking the king's musket and turning it against them. It was a capital offense. A lot of people don't know about that. Let's talk about one of those shootings where I believe an assassin came into a church and started shooting and killing people, and one of the people in the church was armed and I believe killed the shooter. And I think uh, Trump talks about this quite often, that he wants the right people, the good people, to be armed to protect. Even they've been talking about arming our teachers so in case an active shooter comes into school, they can protect these young people. Let's talk about that. I know the NRA does a uh, monthly magazine in which they um, publish the Armed Citizens Report, and there's countless examples of of what you just said, Brian, um, that the mainstream media does not cover. Um, People that have stopped rapes in their homes, stopped um, burglaries in their homes, stopped um, armed robberies. Um, So... uh, I, I one of the believers that the the only thing that will stop a bad guy with a gun is a, a good guy with a gun, and, and there's more good guys than just police. Absolutely, people who live in rural areas. Uh, I have a home in in rural Cattaraugus County. If I pick up the phone and call nine one one to get a police car there, it could be anywhere from a half hour to an hour before a car will appear there. And if I can't take care of the situation myself, the police will arrive to draw a chalk line. You, you can't get assistance that fast in, in much of the United States. Let's talk about these uh, politicians who don't want the public to have guns, but they are protected by three or four armed guards or more and we also see that in Hollywood a lot of these uh, movie stars or TV stars who make their money doing these action films with guns and machine guns they don't want the public to have these arms but they're protected by people with arms how do you find this hypocrisy where they condemn uh, people having arms but they're protected by people with arms you saw my grin. You used the word hypocrisy, yeah. and I was just making a note for myself. Um, I think it was Wyatt Earp's line. I'm sorry, it was back Holiday's line in in the the Wyatt Earp movie that their hypocrisy knows no bounds, or my hypocrisy, whatever the the line was. But they, that's exactly it. That that they are wealthy enough to have um, alarms in their homes, or, or living in gated, locked communities, um, to have armed guards protecting them in addition um, to the police, personal bodyguards. But they don't want the average working class citizen 
to be able to protect themselves. So they're clearly putting a higher value on their own life than they are on the working people of America or the people that, are, that, that uh, through no fault of their own, are not working um, but certainly can't afford that same level of protection and, and because of their social status live in a higher crime area and even in greater need of personal protection. But these hypocrites are denying them that because they don't recognize the value of their life. They only recognize what they want. So they talk out of one side of their mouth saying you can't have guns, but they have people around them protecting them with guns. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, very phony. You have a case with with Mayor Bloomberg who just announced that he's running for president. Uh, It came to light a couple of years ago. He took a vacation into the Caribbean, and he he paid one of the islands there. Of course, he's he's a multi-multi-billionaire. He paid one of the islands some type of a licensing fee to bring his bodyguards, many of whom were armed with submachine guns, to protect him because people like him, he considers his life more valuable than any of our lives or any other citizen. He's he's worth more, so he considers it more valuable. And you have many of these, many of these really anti-gun people. It's amazing the firepower that they surround themselves with. Yeah, we're learning so much from two brilliant men who stand for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. I'm referring to our popular Erie County Sheriff. Tim Howard, and Frank Panasek, who is the president of the 1791 Society uh, PAC. Uh, Again, the 1791 Society is a New York State Political Action Committee registered with New York State Board of Elections. The mission of the PAC is dedicated to support the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution contained in the Bill of Rights and ratified on December 15, 1791. If you're listening in Hamburg, New York, Toronto, or Manhattan, drop us a note as we blanket 17 states and much of Canada. We always appreciate cards and letters from outside of North America as this station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This uh, station and other stations here, our sister station, WBEN, have had so many shows on the SAFE Act. I think Tom Bowerly um, and Sandy Beach have talked about this many, many times. Let's talk about the SAFE Act. I would imagine both of you are very critical of Governor Andrew Cuomo wanting to take away uh, the right to bear arms. Cuomo and his SAFE Act are a joke. It's an absolute joke. This was all about Cuomo posturing. He wanted to beat Obama to gun control. He had this SAFE Act written. They were waiting for the right opportunity to release it. The uh, Sandy Hook shooting came along. He sprung this law. The, The law is one of the worst pieces of legislation ever to be passed in New York State. It targets guns that are not a problem and people who are not criminals. Every day we see on the news, in the newspaper, on TV, shootings across New York State. They're primarily in drug-infested areas. 
They're primarily with guns that have been obtained illegally by stealing them, selling them in the streets. They're not pistol permit holders. The pistol permit holders across this state, many of whom wait a year or more to get a pistol permit, have been subjected to these laws that don't do anything to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. It's, it's a defective law. It's got multiple sections in it that are discriminatory that don't do anything to stop a criminal from obtaining or using a gun. If this SAFE Act was so good, we wouldn't be having the amount of shootings that we're having because it doesn't do anything to stop them. The, uh, they, even the name itself, they worked backwards to the name SAFE. They've said, we want to call it the SAFE Act. Find an acronym for it. So they came up with the Secure Ammunition and Firearms Enforcement Act because they wanted to call it a SAFE Act because, after all, who can argue with safety? Safety is every, something everybody's concerned with. But the whole, the whole law is a fallacy. It was, it was for Cuomo to pound his chest and say, look at me, I'm Andrew Cuomo, look what I've done, I've passed this law in New York State, and nobody else in the country can pass it. It was all about his ego. And the reason why there has been so many problems with the law and so much resistance is because it's a bad law. It doesn't target criminals. It targets honest, law-abiding gun owners. Popular sheriff of Erie County, Tim Howard. I don't disagree with anything that Frank said. Um, It unquestionably does not control criminal behavior. It turns honest, law-abiding citizens uh, into criminals, and I think I can't do any better than to offer an example shortly after its passage. I was at an event at a senior center in which one of the members of the audience um, said there comes a time in our life when we need to decide or recognize that we can no longer safely keep our firearms. We need to decide where those go. As an example, I just gave my firearms to my grandson, and I tried to talk her out of that statement and couldn't get her out of uh, to to retract it um, to the point where I finally said, do you understand that under the SAFE Act, it is a misdemeanor? For you to have so given, so this grandmother could be arrested. She could have, and she to the grandchild. And, and when they look you know. for an example, where I said, "I won't enforce the safe act," that's the one that I point to. She committed a violation of law by giving her firearms directly to her grandson, which is a violation of the safe act. I'm sorry, we have to bring the Rusk report to a close. Fascinating two gentlemen who stand for the preservation of the Constitution and the Second Amendment and the Bill of Rights. I'm referring to popular Erie County Sheriff Tim Howard and Frank Ponishuk, who is the president of the 1791 Society Political Action Committee. Special thanks for the past 15 years to Kevin Carr, our director of production, and thank you for enlightening us about the value of the Constitution, Bill of Rights, and Second Amendment. Sheriff Tim Howard and president of the 1791 Society, Frank Ponishuk. Have a great week. 
You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.